1: A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. void report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
2: Hi, this is Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to You Can't Say That the show where you can on the Broadway Podcast Network. Today, I have a guest who is a colleague and a peer. And I got to know him when we were both elected officials on the union. Is that right? Yeah. And he is an actor. He's a director. He's a dramaturg. He is a dancer. He's a playwright. And um, I saw on your website that you have the sonnet play. So join me in welcoming my guest today, Brian Myers Cooper. And maybe you can do a sonnet and explain to me what the sonnet plays are. (laughs) There's a good opener.
0: <laughs> well, well, first of all, um, yeah, dancer was was a long time ago. And, oh. and I, I don't lay claim to that one anymore. Oh, uh,
2: you look yeah. like you were a dancer though.
0: I, I danced. Um, I'd never danced as well as the choreographers I worked with hoped that I would. Uh, yeah, that was um, me too. Because I I just it was never my passion.
2: But you have I, the line. I did. You have I, the I had lines. a very good
0: sense of it. And and so, you know, you work with me, I I would uh, I would come up with the goods, but um, but I, I never really wanted to do that, and I, and I knew that. I also knew my body wouldn't hold up, and I thought, well, that's not really the career I want.
2: Yeah, I was like, you know, I came out of school. I had danced every day at Carnegie Mellon, and I went to, like, a couple of little dance gigs. And it was like they were always calling us boys and girls. And I was like, they, they, you know, these dancers, they work harder than everybody. They're called boys and girls forever. I want to be the person out in front who the dancers make look good. Like, they do all the work behind them, and the person in the front just smiles and moves from side to side.
0: Yeah, I I, I found that I I just like storytelling. Mm-hmm. I like to tell the story. I like to even just my little piece of it. Uh, and and while the dancing was, was fun uh, when I was young, um, I knew that that wasn't the storytelling that I was passionate about. So mm-hmm. I was like, well... Yeah, when, when those roles, when the young, dumb, blonde, virgin roles sort of uh, uh, <coughs> started Did you get the young, up. dumb, blonde, virgin roles? I made a career of the young, dumb, blonde, okay. virgin. Okay. The, the, the Will Parkers of the world. Okay. Uh, that was absolutely.
2: Where are you from?
0: Uh, I'm originally from Ohio. Ohio. You know, southeastern corner of Ohio. The where, place
2: of the clan originated. Oh, lovely. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We yeah we we. They were right down the street, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> Actually, uh, I had my 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 cinematographer on my film that I made this year, Red Pill. He said the Klan had a church down the street from his house, and it's still there. Oh my. And they like at one point like you know vandalized the school. But he's like, that's just like in the neighborhood thing. Like Jeremy O'Hare said, you know, the plantations were down the road, and his dad would sing Dixie in the car. So. Uh. You know, this is just, for some people, that's just home.
0: This is home. <laughs> well, we he has
2: turned so red here. <laughs> if you could see this red face.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, I'm from a part of Ohio where we don't have cities. Like if Ohio is a box, there's a city in every corner and in the middle, but not in our corner, um, which is the lower lower right-hand corner.
2: So, what did you live corner. in a town
0: i I lived outside of a town. I lived outside of a town that had less than about like eight hundred people. Um, and we lived on the farm outside of that uh so yeah we we were out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, so yeah, speaking of speaking of well, not the clan necessarily, but um you know that farm that I grew up next to uh, was my grandmother's farm uh, and her <clears throat> ancestors had homesteaded it which means the government gave it to them after they stole it from the Indians. Got it. So you know in 1816. Uh, so th- <laughs> there, there's, a whole, there's a whole rabbit hole of privilege that goes along wow. with, with mm. always having that, that piece of land. Is that it was still in the family? Uh, it is not. That piece of land is not. Uh, my grandmother passed away some years ago, and uh, and most of it was sold. Uh, the little parcel around the house was not. My uncle lived <clears> in it for, until he passed away about five or six years after that. Um, and then that was sold. So now none of that original uh, parcel uh, is in our family. What and my father's farm? farm is next door.
2: Oh, you're, you grew up on a farm?
0: I grew up on a farm, yes. Okay, I, what I, kind it, of
2: farm? <coughs> come on, beef farmers, we don't get to talk to people who come from that. Uh, it was a
0: beef farm. Uh, beef farm. Beef. <laughs> beef. Yeah, ca- ooh, yeah, cows. Okay. Um, Hereford cows. Hereford cows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did y'all
2: get to eat beef or did y'all only get we, to
0: sell it? Oh, no, no, no. We, we ate almost exclusively beef. <laughs> My father did not like chicken unless it was Kentucky Fried, <laughs> which was a rare treat because we lived in the middle of nowhere. There was no fast food But couldn't anywhere. you just have
2: some little chickens running around? No,
0: no, no, no. We didn't have... We, we did um, We did trade beef. For other things like uh, a side of pig, so you would you trade with other farmers and you would give them a, a side of beef and they would give you a side of, of pork and so we had sausage that was a big thing and bacon but uh, but really it was a beef farm and there was no fish and there was no chicken and yeah
2: and <laughs> how many siblings?
0: Uh, one, my sister, younger.
2: And so, what's the chores for beef farming kids?
0: Uh, so we grew <laughs> up in far before age. Uh, in fact, I just saw I just saw this girl on um, this young young girl, maybe uh, 10, 11, 12, um, on the subway. And, and on her backpack, she had a 4-H patch. And I was like, is there 4-H Still, in New York exist? City?
2: <laughs> and did you ask her?
0: I didn't. I, I didn't want to Be like interrupt. a pervert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But is there 4-H in you? <laughs> <laughs> but 4-H was big where I came, okay. uh, where I came from. Uh, and so, you know, I...
2: Tell I, everybody what 4-H is because people don't know what 4-H <laughs> is.
0: It is an agricultural, agricultural uh, youth program um, and uh, much like Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, uh, but for um, agricultural rural kids. Uh, and you could take, uh, you could take class or not, uh, you could take courses in, in oh God, Everything from cooking and macrame and, and sewing uh, and, you know, all sorts of uh, domestic things. Um, and also anim- animal husbandry. So I had rabbits. I had, uh, I, I showed pigs. That's a, that's a, that's a treat. Um, <laughs> my dairy, my dairy friends had their dairy cows and I had steers as well. I mean, so. Uh, Did you
2: ride any or didn't you ride in any we, of these steers?
0: Uh, no, we didn't ride steers. No, no. I, we had horses that okay. we, we used to. To corral everything. I mean,
2: you know, this is an ancient way of life that you're talking about it, now. It,
0: it is. And I w- it was just sort of brought back to me as I, you know, looked at this girl's patch. I was like, oh my God, that was a lifetime ago. I moved here in 1989 and I, I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere, obviously. Right, um, And I'm like, wow, um, like uh, it's it's almost like I'm rereading a book, this little fantasy novel that I read in 1985, something like that. Um, and I just happened to find it and I was like, oh, let me let me see what that's about, and and I'm sort of remembering because uh, it made an impact on me at the time because there were gay characters. Um, it's a it's a trio of books by uh, an author uh, named Diane Duane. Okay, and uh, the, you know sci-fi, and you know it's it's lovely. But but in 1980, whatever, uh, they were gay characters in this. It was very sexually free. Um, Do you know world. the name of this book? What was this book? Uh, the doorway into different things. Doorway into darkness. Doorway into. Um, but uh, okay. But it, yeah, it's a it's a trio. So I, after all these years, I find this thing, and and I you know I download it on my Kindle and I'm reading it and I'm and I'm really, thinking, remembering, reading it, sitting on the floor of this apartment in Atlanta where I was working two fast food jobs in the summer between uh, two years of college and and um, you know eating a Swanson's beef pot pie <laughs> because one of the characters actually. Had a pot pie in an inn in this world. Anyway, it, it, I was like, wow, that was me. Like it seems like I'm remembering a character in an right. in another world.
2: What's religion religion you were you raised?
0: Uh, so I was raised in a Presbyterian church, Presbyterian, very, very, very small Presbyterian church. I mean, you're
2: uh, about a thousand people. Like everybody knew everybody in your everyone knew town.
0: everyone, and and the church where I grew up, in its heyday, it was it was I guess much bigger, but. Um, when I was there, if, if there were 25 or 30 people at a, at a service, that was big. And, and today, my, you know, my mother still, still goes there. And, and there are 15 um, extant living members,
1: wow. like
0: actually just 15 members of the church. And that includes my sister and I. And we obviously are not regular um, oh, attenders. So wow. it is really, it is very small.
2: And you, your parents still alive?
0: Uh, we lost my father uh, in July. Oh,
2: I'm sorry.
0: Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, But my mother still uh, lives on the farm.
2: You still yeah. got beef? No,
0: no, no. Oh. She, they, they don't. Uh, they have for, they retired from farming some time ago and they sold everything and they rent out the land okay. uh, to uh, a lot of Amish farmers around.
2: So um, the land is still farmed.
0: The land is still farmed. They hadn't, uh, just, didn't
2: have to come to fracking.
0: Uh, no, it did do that too. Every, oh. that whole area is full of shale and it went to fracking. My father held out. Um, uh, but in the scheme of things, the water table is the water table. So if your neighbors have done it, then you've done it. So you might as well get paid. So he held out and got paid more. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's a real shame and I'm, it's a real concern. Like I look at that land cause I, even though, you know, was not mine, uh, and that was a whole trail of privilege for 200 years. Um, I, you know, I have a connection to it and I hate to see, I hate to think of that just ruined. Um, and, and I hope that it doesn't come to that. I hope it doesn't come to that.
2: What is it? I mean, when you do visit still, of course, right? Oh yes. A lot. So what is the, what is the biggest difference you notice from farm you know, growing up in this farm place? I think that there's times of the year when it's just full of green for the steer and there must have been some farmers of other kinds of things other than steer. Right? Oh yeah. Big but now you got fracking. Yeah. They strip it, right? They strip
0: the land. It looks like chemotherapy. Um yeah, they, they you know, they it's it's tough to watch it. They they don't really strip the land, but but the infrastructure takes up so much space. Like the pipelines go, f- you know, flooding through this former pasture, and that's like you know fifty yards wide. That is just you know sort of no man's land with this huge infrastructure gash mm. down the center of it. Uh, and you know, it's yeah, it's sad. It's sad to sad to see. Um, but uh, you know it. It alighted in our county, and there was no getting around it. So um, everyone everyone signed up for
2: yeah.
0: the roulette, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um, and I can't, I can't blame them, um, as you might imagine from you know like the church talk. You know they're. There's no industry there there's no infrastructure there right. there's no railroads there's no there's no uh, airports um, so there's very little new industry going there there's no manufacturing the coal and steel jobs are gone so you know when they were offered when when the people there were offered a chance to cash in on something they took it yeah. um, and and as as much as I would love to judge them for that and say oh you're just you're you know this is what's killing us um, I I I can't, Mm -hmm. I I, I can't.
2: Right. No, no. We, we've forgotten that we are our brothers and sisters keepers and you know, that we have to take care of everybody. It's just something that is not, doesn't seem a value. Maybe it was never a value, but it's a value I hold dear. (laughs)
1: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and
2: luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family. With family no purchase necessary. VGW group. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So gay. Oh,
0: gay. Ohio, Oh, gay Ohio in 1980s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, wow. Did, did you come out there? Or did you, no. Did you, God, like, no. Okay. No, dear <laughs> Lord.
2: Because you're married, right?
0: <laughs> uh, I am. I've been with Orville for 21 years.
2: Okay. So this is, come on. This is a story here. I oh, want to know.
0: Gosh. Ohio.
2: Because this is a hard thing. There's some people still in Ohio. Oh, there are a who lot of need people to hear this back, story. back
0: in Ohio. And, and, and it's, a, it's a weird thing. So before I, before I go back to Ohio, um, recently I, I posted on social media about my husband, maybe our anniversary or something uh, recently because we had our anniversary in, in January or maybe it was his birthday. And there were comments, you know, lots of comments um, from people. People I knew in high school, my first grade teacher um commented say, yeah like like and that's not unusual um for me to to post something about my my life, and I'm not certainly uh, not shy about that, but you know it it still strikes me as as um of as a paradox to what I knew back then or what I thought I knew okay. back then. Uh, or wh- how I perceived my world that we all lived in together back then, mm-hmm. um, versus uh, the world that um, they live in now, and and many of these people still live in that same area, and they all know and 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 uh, to see that kind of support, I'm like, well, the I guess the world has taken a step or two forward um, in in ways that I could never have imagined in 1980 um, because I was. Uh, I was very closeted. Um, uh, my father was a very, uh, a very masculine horse riding farmer stock football player. Um, uh, he was a diesel mechanic working on engines, the size of, you know, this apartment, but you Uh, had to
2: learn how to do that stuff too.
0: I, I had to learn how to do a lot of things on, uh, uh, make it right, uh, get it right, figure it out. Don't ask for help. Um, uh, asking for help is weak. That was, you know, one of the sort of...
2: My uh, daughter gets mad when I say, figure it out.
0: Figure it out. Figure it out. Um, and, uh, and it was great because I learned how to be self-sufficient. I learned how to figure things out. I learned how to solve a puzzle. Um, but I also learned that that needing other people um, and working together uh, was weak and or... So it took me a long time to learn how to... Play uh, well with others. Play well with others um, or or to manage a team because I've, I've been in that... Situation where I, I'm in a leadership position and and I just for a very long time could never delegate effectively mm. because
2: I had to do it all. I had to do it all, I had
0: to figure it out, I had to get it right um, and it all all fell on me and and when I let go of the hat, it was like whoo. <laughs> but you know growing up in that world being being gay was the worst thing you but could, you, you I could imagine you
2: were in the closet though
0: I was very much in the closet, but okay. I knew uh, yeah,
2: do you think your mom or your dad knew
0: uh If they knew they were willfully ignorant, okay, they were uh, choosing
2: like we're gonna pretend we don't see that. Yeah, we know how hard that would be. So they
0: they can't. They can't have missed the the effeminate, skinny, scrawny um, farm boy (laughs) twirling baton um, in the front yard. Can Uh, you do it
2: better than your sister?
0: I, would, I did it better than everyone. I was such a good twirler. Oh my god! But instead, I played tuba in the marching band because we didn't have a, a drum major or any any such thing. Because our band director would never have uh, a pansy out front. Um, gotcha trotting in front of his band um he actually said that to
2: me oh i'm so sorry
0: yeah no uh, you know he said it, that to you yeah
2: like because you were like hey i can look what i can do with the yeah. baton. and baton he was like i'm not mm, having no bands mm-hmm. yeah okay okay yep okay
0: uh and you know that's that was the that was the world
2: that was the world
0: uh so yeah i didn't i, I wasn't i wasn't looking to open any But have you doors. had your baton
2: twirling moment in your whole career now? Have you gotten to do that twirling of the baton? Because I bet the skill is still there.
0: I once did a flaming, a flaming baton. Um, <gasps> no, and that's not a euphemism for anything. That, that is actually on fire um, for a summer camp uh, lighting of a bonfire. So I came out uh, with, you know, screaming and whooping and as the I don't know, the ghost or god of fire, with my flaming baton, throwing it in the air and catching it. And and that was the night the lights went out in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow, that sounds
0: fun. <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, it was the one moment I actually did it in front of people. I
2: like that. Did you enjoy it? Uh,
0: I was so – it was exhilarating. I remember that. Yeah. But I was also really, really nervous one that I would – Drop the damn thing, um, and, and you like, would burn uh, up, uh, uh, and and you know look foolish. But also, um, you know, I'm twirling baton in front of a bunch uh, in front of a bunch of t- people instead of like just privately on my farm in the middle of nowhere where no one can see me except my parents, who clearly, clearly never put that equation together. together. Okay,
2: <laughs> okay. So where was this that you did this flaming baton, on? Georgia?
0: Uh, no, it was a it was a summer camp, uh, a 4H, a 4H back to 4H uh, summer camp. Um, uh, back in back in Ohio, I was a count, uh, I was a counselor that year. And
2: how was it received?
0: Um, uh, sort of underwhelmingly. They were like, "Yay, okay, done." Uh, that it, was it,
1: no it, fun. It wasn't. It, yeah, it was like, no, oh. no.
0: But um, I mean, what do you what do you expect? You, you're you're just lighting the fire. The whole evening is a whole. You know, there's a whole oh, there's evening like
2: a, of. Oh, I just watched Two Thousand Maniacs. Have you ever seen that? No, I just heard of it. It's Howard herschel gordon lewis and it's this campy he's like the king of bladder gore gore, horror, or something like that and it's this thing where these southern people lure these um northerners by their license plates to their town to celebrate the hundredth year of the confederates losing the war and they torture and kill them (laughs)
0: oh fun (laughs) see that's a summer camp that's a summer camp I could get behind. They're the
2: festivals. They're like you're the guest of honor. Yeah, You've got to participate. When's that? When's that rock gonna fall? You're gonna tell us as we tie you
0: down. You think it's gonna fall yet? <laughs> Now I need to watch that. Oh,
2: it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. They like chop off their body parts and barbecue them. Oh my gosh. They put them in a barrel roll with nails in it. So they're rolling down the <laughs> barrel with the nails in it. It was crazy. Oh. Someone just told me about that movie this week because they were like, that's kind of like your movie, isn't it, Tanya? I was like, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Red Pill is kind of like that. <laughs>
0: I cannot wait to see that, by the Me way. Me either. <laughs> Are you still, <laughs> still, still in post-production? Still, still in post-production. I, God. God.
2: I can't wait to see it, too. <laughs> now, you were talking about leadership. So you were in the union for how many years? I wasn't in there I, very long. Okay,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, I, I started, I got involved when Patrick Quinn, who was the pre- president of Actors Equity back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So um, 20 years? Uh yeah yeah uh so yeah I got I got I got pissed at him one day uh and and sent him a three thousand word email um about it. Were there was there email twenty years? There ago? was in night. I swear to God, okay. uh, in uh, two thousand was okay. when this happened, uh, and it was an election year. And he had sent me this. Uh, he had sent me um, this uh, propaganda, uh, and I sent him uh, a, a very tersely worded um, email about uh, how I thought about that. Um, and he immediately within, within a couple of hours had sent back like a twice as long email, very thoughtful, um, email to engage with me and, and to explain his position, uh, more fully and, um, and to of course then say, Hey, when you get back to New York, cause I was on tour, uh, you should join a committee. Okay. <laughs> cause, <laughs> cause he saw that, he saw that writing on the wall and I did, uh, I joined the off-Broadway committee. It was the first thing I did. Um, and within a very short amount of time, I was I was on the negotiating teams for Off Broadway and for Antic, which were even smaller than Off Broadway theaters. And I did that. I did that uh, for several years until I was elected to council, um, and uh, continued that work as well as the council and the Eastern Regional Board work. Uh, and I'm st- and I'm no longer on the council, but I I am uh, still a trustee of our pension and health fund.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I have to say the people who do those jobs, people don't understand that this, like they're full-time jobs and they're not paying full-time jobs, people (laughs) who are the trustees figuring out how the insurance works, how the pensions work, how to invest it, people who are negotiating all those contracts, who are making sure people get paid, all of that is electeds and volunteers and it is unpaid, it's work, a lot of work. It is work,
0: there's a lot of preparation, there's a lot of, and and there's a lot of, uh, for me, a lot of pressure, um, even more in, on the trustee side than the than the um, than the elected side, uh, because you know if something is not perfect with the contract, of course it's negotiated, right? Uh, so it's never going to be perfect. You know everyone's going to walk away just a little unhappy uh, if you did your job. Um, but uh, on the trustee side, this is this is people's lives. This is their retirement. This is their health care now. This mm. is when they're you know uh, people people depend on this for their life. Um, and uh, so, th- th- the pressure I feel as a trustee to to be well informed, to to be prepared, to uh, to know what's happening, um, and to be responsive to that uh, in a in a thoughtful and, and fulsome way. It's it, it's uh, it's it's exciting work. Um, but but I but I take it really seriously because it is clearly a very serious matter for the, everyone involved.
2: You're still talking like an elected Brian. I know. Wow. I again. am I'm not. Like, I, I'm am like, not. You I care. I, <laughs> care. Well, you do care. I can um, tell you care. I have a question for you, Brian. This is putting you on the spot, but I'm going to do it. <clears throat> we were on a negotiating committee.
0: Yeah, we were. Uh, I was always okay. My job at that in the in those <laughs> negotiations, I, I was leading that negotiation. I put that team together, um, and and we had a really ambitious uh, set of numbers and and proposals we put forth, um, a very focused set of proposals. Um, the very first being salary, period. Salaries need to go up a lot in this in this uh, in this arena because they have been stagnant for decades, um, and this was the the one opportunity we had to move that. So my job was to dance that dance for the six months it took us to get that contract. We started negotiations in June. The contract didn't expire till November, which means we had to go on the longest first date without putting out for... <laughs> I don't know if you can say that. You can we, say it. Truly, truly, we we needed to be at the table and engaged for all of that time. Okay. Uh, whatever time it this was going to take. It
2: was a lot of foreplay.
0: It was... The, well, and... and <sighs> <clears throat> but what it meant was, uh, you know, keeping the team motivated and moving forward, uh, always moving forward, uh, uh, but sticking to our guns and 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 keeping everyone focused on what the goal was, which was. Maybe yes, it, it, you know we may not we may not be meeting in July and August or even September, um, but that doesn't mean we're not moving forward because I know.
2: But I'm like I'm try to see if you're playing playing a poker hand with me right now because I would have put my money on the table that you had to be the person who voted with me not to <clears throat> accept that shitty deal.
0: Um, at it the was end? not.
2: It was not. Well, that's right. It was at the very very end, and they had not given us the money we wanted.
0: Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, although we did get. Just a hell of a lot of money. We got a hell of a lot of money. But this was right
2: before we got that hell of a lot of money. Wasn't you, huh, Brian?
0: Uh, No. At that point, at that point, I was, I was aiming high. Um, But uh, we had, we had It
2: actually was the day of the, uh, the day after the election. (laughs) Hi, this is Tanya Pinkins. That was part one of my conversation with my colleague, Brian Myers-Cooper.
0: You is kind.
1: You is smart. You is important. You is dead. Tanya Pinkins' horror film, Red Pill, brings African-American perspective to progressive movement.
2: We are a majority in this country, and we're gonna win the election. Do you know what the red pill is? A red pill is someone who infiltrates a group and then destroys them from the inside. This place is spooky. Some people like to live dangerously. Gas, why are you so jumpy tonight? You know what, guys? I'm gonna go back tomorrow.
0: Did you hear about the creature woman that attacked a father and son hunting down here? I don't see the case. This place creeps me out.
2: I think we should call the sheriff's office. The only people missing or dead are brown people. They're after all of us.
1: What do we do, Amelia? We die but we take some of them with us.
2: Hi, I'm Tanya Pinkins, and I would love to hear from you. You can text me at 917-724-8998. Tell me what you're up to, and I'll let you know what I'm up to. Text me, 917-724-8998. Let's keep in touch.